Here we go. We're live on this week's episode of the podcast, Life As We Know It, starring myself, Patrick Solomon. And Jacob Ham, and this is episode 11. We're taking it back, back to the roots. Which back to the roots. With just me and you, baby. Just me and you. We've had some uh, random guests over the past week, but I thought it was a good idea that maybe we should take a step back and, like you said, get back to the roots. Uh, something pressing I really been wanting to get into Hit me. is how easy as humans we uh, are negative or how much easier it is to be negative than it is to be positive about situations. Yeah. Any situation given at hand, um, I feel like we naturally play the worst case scenario out in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, at least speaking for myself. And I feel like I've gotten better. I've became more optimistic uh, over time. But it really irks me that a lot of things that cause anxiety and a lot of things that we're negative about we waste all this energy on once that time comes, whatever we were nervous about seems to not be a big deal whatsoever. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is the temptation and the the emotional feelings that we get leading up to a big event mm-hmm. of whatever site, whether it was a date or you have going to a dance or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's crazy how much we can manipulate our mind to be so negative about a yeah. situation. Okay. Okay. This is where we're going. All right. Yeah. Um, Fear of failure, I think that's what we're looking at, right? Okay, yeah. And I, uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest fears in humankind is just failing to do the right thing or failing to meet your own expectations or someone else's expectations. Um, conquering that fear, you know, that's what everybody always says is like the key to success is you know, not to be afraid of, f- afraid of failing, you know? How often do you take chances? Um, Legitimate chances. Honestly... I would, I think I used to be a pretty big risk taker, um, but now I'm not so much sad, sadly to say I'm pretty, uh, I like to make sure that I'm making the most logical decision every single time. like whatever I'm facing in life with my money, um, with my friendships, uh, I try to make it the most logical answer, which makes it so I'm not taking too much risk. Right. And I mean, obviously, but then again, you know, I have uh, made some stupid ass decisions on uh, with money <laughs> and, and going that route with investments and stuff that have made me lose a lot of money. Yeah, I took and, I, on that. And, and do you consider yourself a, a risk taker? Yeah, I consider myself. Yeah, 100 percent from going in the Marines right out of high school to moving out here uh, to just basically I've left jobs before just simply off the fact not knowing that I don't want to be there anymore, completely off a risk saying that I'll find another job at another place. Um, and the feeling is scary of taking risks. Uh-huh. Do you take risks with girls? Yeah, but I know, I, think I know we've already talked about girls a lot, but yeah, no, I definitely do. <laughs> I think, I think what it is, what, what I'm starting to learn as I'm getting older is that the risks that I'm taking, it's the same feeling that comes up whether it was when I was 18 or now that I'm 23, it's the same feeling that comes up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a better control of it with my my own mind. Um, like instead of feeling that way and getting really worked up, I feel it and I'm like, well, why are you feeling this way? Should you be feeling this way? Do you have a legitimate reason to justify putting yourself down at this point? In yeah. Time? Um, because so it's, it's really uh, because the unsure, the unsure always raises questions and it's so easy to be negative about stuff yeah. like that. So you kind of uh, got to step out of your body for a minute mm-hmm. and look at it from a third point of view and evaluate why you feel the way you do. And then at that point, make a decision. But I do feel sometimes when I do that, it makes me, um, again, I've, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. It makes me come across Sorry. cold. Cause we've made very, like if I'm making very logical decisions and not emotional based decisions, then um, sometimes those, the logical decision isn't the emotionally correct yeah. decision. Yeah, no, we've we've had this conversation before. If you knock that drink over, bro. We've had this conversation. <laughs> I know, that's the second time I did that. <laughs> Who knocked uh, the drink over last time? Never. No, someone knocked the drink over, man. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but I, I hear what you're saying, like, logical-based decisions. Okay, so mm-hmm. for would you say most people in our age from, like, 18 to 25 uh, – make most of the decisions based off of motion yeah. versus logic. Yeah. You've came across before you've brought it up uh, about people, millennials specifically that are closer to our age that I guess spend their money on things that aren't really frivolous. 
frivolous. I would not have used that word. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I swear to God, dude, if <laughs> you knock that drink over, man. No, no, no I got this. Keep it with the <laughs> chopstick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do. Like, uh, I know an article came out about uh, avocado toast, right? And um, the, pretty much the, the title of it was like, you know. Pretty much saying, if you stop buying avocado uh, toast, you can you can uh, buy a house. And then and all, a bunch of people were like, "Oh, that's bullshit." Blah 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 blah. blah. But but if you actually really think about it's it, it's expensive. The, the avocado. Well, like, avocado is not a cheap fruit. Okay. And it is a fruit. If anybody doesn't want to, you can look it up. It's a fruit. Um, it's a it's a, it's not a cheap fruit. And in, in restaurants that have avocado, usually in the menu, you're gonna be paying like thirteen dollars, you know, a meal roughly. So, you know, it's an above $10 meal kind of restaurant and people our age love that shit. They love going to those kind of restaurants. They would rather not very many millennials. I could, I think I can say this is that they don't like to cook at home. Okay. So you think, you think before you go on a further rant with this, do you think the reason that they choose to do that, the supersede it and go out is because they're trying to live this spectacular lifestyle or because they're lazy or yeah. What do you think um, the millennials, I think it? are very known to live in the moment. They want to do things for the experience instead of like these big ticket items like saving up for a house or something. They'd rather, you know, live it, you know, in this specific time in this place and make the best out of it. Um, so like the philosophy of like not buying avocado toast is that, you know, it's not just that. It's not just the avocado toast, but it's the mindset. Like if you take out avocado toast every day, if you take out, you know, your Starbucks every day, you take out all these things that are like 10 to 10 to $20 that you necessarily don't need to spend. Like we could buy, it's a dollar 19 for chicken thighs at Fry's and you can get like eight pounds of chicken, you know, one sitting rice, (laughs) rice. Like you could, you could shop very, very cheap and save up a lot of money pretty quick. Yeah. And I, I made someone, someone made this argument against the avocado toast. So like, well, if you save avocado, blah, 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 you're going to be paying, it will take you two fits a hundred years to save up 600 grand. But first off, no one ever pays a hundred percent down on a house. Just saying you're going to be paying like, especially if you're, if it's your first house, you're paying like 5% and not every house is 600 grand. Yeah, that's true. That too. So you only need to save up to 5%. Maybe. I mean, I use my VL loan. I didn't put anything down on my house. So yeah, no, I, I mean, basically, after we had this conversation before in the past, you got to that uh, you think a lot of millennials are not going to be able to move millennials out have and, the buy highest, house and buy houses and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, they have that. the highest or the, the lowest uh, buying home rate. They, like, they just don't buy houses. That's why rent right now is huge. In the real estate, like, rent is not going to go away anytime soon right now because people can't afford buying a house. Do you think – okay, so you're not saying so much millennials are – uh, living at home with their parents and they're, they're, they're going, they're, they're banking off them. You're saying more so, uh, they, maybe they live on their own or they live who they live with, yeah. but they're paying rent. Um, and if they cut certain things out of their life, then and they saw the big picture, then, you know, eventually yeah. they I think get... it's a lack of really looking into it. Mm-hmm. Someone sees house a, they see price tag a, and then they look at their bank account and they're like, Oh, I can't buy it. There's, the real estate business is very, very like, if you're creative enough, creative enough, you can find a way to get a house. Mm-hmm. You can find a way to start building wealth. No matter how much money you're making, there is ways. You just got to go out there and grab it. You got to figure it out. It's, it's the moment you you stop saying I can't and you just ask how. How many? That's that's cool that you said that. Yeah. Because how many times I feel like there's a lot of things that. And this ties into what I started saying at the beginning about being negative, that you're that we're giving a task at hand or a problem, let's say, mm-hmm. um, instead of saying you can't do saying, that. well, this is or no, what we say or what I, you know, I don't want to say so much me, but what I see at least is we see we get a problem at hand and it says, well, I'm going to think as negative. This this problem sucks because this, this and that and I don't have this, this and that because of this problem mm-hmm. versus just taking a second look and saying, well, how could I fix this problem? Yeah, that's the way to do it. If you want something, if you want a house, don't say you can't because you this money. You say, how can I do it with this amount of money or what are the steps I need to take? And the avocado toast is just one of those like one of the small steps in a in a in a philosophy or lifestyle to get to a house. Now, if you don't want to ha- own a house, fuck it. You don't need to own a house. But that was the whole article that kind of irked me that a lot of people were saying some stupid shit. But I, like when I was young, dude, I, we never ate out. Dude, my parents never took us out. 
it was a treat to go to McDonald's and everybody get something to eat. Like it was home cooked meals because that was the cheapest way to do it. We weren't. I didn't even know what fucking avocado was until after the Marine Corps, dude. I didn't eat avocado. Yeah, right, right. You know, right. Um, we bargain shop for everything, coupons and all that kind of shit. We figured out a way, you know. All right, well, so me, people could save money. Okay, so, so it sounds like to me is that you learned, you saw your parents. Not that you struggled, but you, you, you. No, lived, we struggled. You lived. I'm gonna you, say we struggled. Okay, here. so you struggled and you lived between confined lines, and it wasn't the most comfortable thing. Now you're at a point. Dude, if it wasn't for the church, because my dad's a pastor. There would have been like times where we wouldn't have ate for sure. If it wasn't for the church helping us out and like people's like the kindness out of their heart just to donate things for us, we would have, there would have been times without food. For okay. Sure. So with that being said now, cause I can feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, and I've climbed myself I, out of that. I, you know? I, I, well, that's, that's what kind of what I'm trying to get to here is how do you think it's changed your lifestyle now? I mean, I know that I see that, you know, we go to the store and we buy things and we save some money on this and that, but now, seeing how you grew up, how has it influenced you? I'm cheap as a grown up. I'm cheap. Cheap. Yeah. Um. I don't spend money on things like before I buy anything. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes I like I'll treat myself, but majority of the time before I buy anything, I always say, "Do you need this?" And like I'll, I'll sit there like, "Do I really need like I need?" I've been wanting to buy sunglasses, right? Because uh-huh. it's, it's hot as fuck outside. Right, it's 120 right, right. degrees this weekend, and I drive a lot. And I'm like, and then but I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Do I really need sunglasses, or can I just?" deal with the sunlight i'm like i can deal with sunlight i'll, I'll save myself 150 bucks you know but that's how i am and well, it's funny here, here's here's something here i'm gonna i'm gonna steal you right here okay who says you have to buy 150 dollars pair of sunglasses you don't but if i'm gonna buy something buy good shit okay. that's how i am All if right. i buy something i'm gonna buy like good quality stuff no, and 150 the, to some the, people's no, cheap. no 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 i'm I'm the same way. I, if I'm going to buy something or I'm going to treat myself, like I'm going to go all out. Yeah, like, I'm going to buy a nice meal. Like I'm going to eat some fucking steak and I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to make sure that, uh, I feel like, I feel like it, what we need is a balance. Um, I don't mind going out and spending money and doing this and that as long as the, uh, you know, X amount of days of the week, I am doing the right thing and I am, you know, keeping myself to a strict thing. Dude, put the... T- Anybody who's listening, it's the head. drink, and uh, it keeps getting in my way. Patrick has a nervous stick with his chopstick in his hand. Um, you know what else down. is funny? My brothers, right? So, I think on average, we can find this out later, but I want to say it's a 15, 10 or fifteen percent increase from your parents to you income. So, if your parents made a hundred thousand uh, as your your kid, you usually make around one hundred and ten, hundred fifteen thousand. And, I, and what's cool to say is that me and my brothers that all grew up in that same household where, you know, money was a big factor. And that was the number one cause of drama was always around money. Um, all three of my brothers are way ahead of where my parents are when they were our age. It keeps you calm. I can tell. I just picked up on that. What do you mean? After you saying that, it kind of clicked in my head. Well, I, I feel like, well, you know, any problems that you grew up around, they create a certain foundation i feel like um like my biggest thing that i grew up around was respect i have a lot of like i'm especially for for girls like i have a lot of respect just because of the way my mom raised me now you a big because if we were ever getting in trouble is because we were being disrespectful yeah. now you're saying a bigger issue in your house was money this and that so now as you've grown up i feel like that kind of laid a foundation where you're like well as long as i have money i'm fine i'm gonna i can protect myself yeah it really does come down to that. And which is, I don't know if that's necessarily a healthy viewpoint for me to have, but mm-hmm. I do look at myself like, as long as I have money, I'm okay. Right. But on a positive side of that too, it's like, you could also turn back and say, well, I know what it's exactly what it's like not to have money. Yeah. And I don't want to feel Dude, that I, I remember when I was five years old and I had $5 saved up. I used to give my mom like foot massages for like a quarter every time. Uh-huh. And I had like $5 saved up. I remember my parents got a huge argument about money. They probably don't even remember this. And I remember I gave my mom and dad five dollars. I gave them the five bucks, which they took because they really did need it. And um, I promised myself that night that I was like, I will never, ever live like this. And I will never put my kids to this kind of thing. Not saying that my parents didn't raise me right. And I love my parents to death. But I, I, I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to live in a fucking trailer. I'm not going to fucking have my kids worry about this. And I'm not going to have this drama in my life. Mm-hmm. I promised myself that. And that's one promise I've, I'll never break. And I, it was funny. I never told anybody really about that until last year. Um, and then I talked to my brother about it and he said the same exact thing. He, he's like, growing up, I just told myself I'll never have that, that drama. And I was like, that's really funny. Cause that means 
it wasn't just me just making this thing up in my mind because I was really young. And, uh, but my oldest brother, who's five years older than me, said the same exact thing. He knew exactly where I was coming from. And I was like, wow. So and Maya, Maya, what, I haven't yeah. talked to Maya about it, but Maya is really successful too. What's crazy about that is it's like. My parents feel really bad when it's we say almost that. Like, it's almost like the problems that we grew up can ultimately lead to our best successes and as your worst older, and your worst. It's some of because, those things because you can't you get could, Because you could have easily looked at the situation like this, that, well, we never had any money and we were, we're I'm still here and we were always okay. Yeah. Um, to a certain degree, you know what I'm, mm-hmm. um, so you could have just took that and been like, well, I can just scrap and I know we're always going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I went through that. Or you can look on the flip side like you did and say, this was awful. I wouldn't want to have to live yeah. like that. Well, I think it's it, it came from an environment where my parents allowed me and my brothers to think, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not a parent yeah. by any means. And I don't have any kids. But when I do have a kid, I, my goal is to have at the youngest age where my kid is like can talk or even before, I want them to be able to like try to get them to critically think about situations as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's something as a five-year-old. I did. I, I, I could see the situation and evaluate it because my parents, yeah, I mean, like they were strict in some ways, but they did treat us pretty like we could do it. Like if we had questions, they would answer and they would talk to us like we were human beings, not like we were kids. Like just yeah. shut up, go play with your toys or shut up, go watch TV or right. shut up. Here's an iPad. Just play some fucking video games. They talked with us. Yeah, I'm glad very, you said that. Very yeah. in touch with each other and dialogue between the parent and the kid. So I think that's where my success truly comes from. But that was the lesson I learned from being no, poor. Yeah, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you said that because I feel like the way that my mom rose, raised me and my brothers, mm-hmm. um, she wasn't super strict or anything like that. I mean, as we got older, she she loosened up more and stuff. But what she did was she allowed us to do and go out on our own enough to where we had the tools to be successful, mm-hmm. but gave us enough leniency where – you made your own mistakes. If, if you wanted to, if you wanted to screw up, like the opportunity was there to screw up. Yeah. Um, and she would let you know if if you screwed yeah, up. Yeah, my for dad sure. used to say, uh, if you raise a kid extremely strict, watching their every movement, it's like putting them in a, gl- goddamn, it's like putting them in a glass box. Uh huh. And when you live in a glass box, all you're doing is looking out. You put your face next to the window and you're looking out and you see everybody doing all these different things. You have no idea what they mean, but it's like it's kind of exciting. Yeah, you're just like yeah, doing yeah. different stuff. And then all you want is to do that stuff. Right. So anytime they see a crack in the window or a crack in the gl- uh, glass or something opens up, they're going to take the first chance to go get whatever's on the outside of the glass. Now, if you live without the glass and you're in that environment where you see the before, the during and the ending of all these situations that are around you, you get a, a, a bigger grasp on the world a lot faster and, and it causes you not to like get fully enveloped in serious issues or problems so that can lead you Do you think there's any, any positive things that can come out of being extremely strict on your kids? No, I don't think, I don't think so. I think it's healthy. It's I healthy? I, I don't think no, it's No, I don't, healthy. it's not unhealthy. It doesn't. It's, that was a good analogy that you just used yeah. because I had friends that, my house was always a house growing up that if we were going to party or do anything that we weren't supposed to do or just hang out in general, we would do it at my house. And I had a few friends that their parents were strict and stuff like that. And they would come to our house and they envied the idea of being at, like the freedom they would get at, yeah. our, at our house. Um, That's funny. My house was like that. All the all my friends, we used to like to come to my place. And it's funny because we were like the poor family and we had the smallest house compared to all my friends. Right, right, right. right. And but everybody always liked coming to my place because we could like – I don't know. Just so what does like that say? That and it's has, not like we were doing to, bad things. We weren't even doing to, bad things. That has to say something. Um, because, I mean, I feel like me and my brothers turned out all right. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. You, you shouldn't treat kids like kids. You should treat them like human beings. I think people have an expectation, uh, a low expectation for kids and their ability to think on their own. And um, that's why. I think when like you Like, you're lose, too young for yeah. this. I think that's a bullshit philosophy. Like, pe- kids are smart kids. As long as you treat them like that. I, I think... It loosens up the idea that you should um, – that by being loose allows – and letting your kids make the own, you know their own mistakes, it allows you to kind of grow respect for your parents in that yeah. sense um, because it almost, in retrospect, puts it in the back of your head that you don't want to let them down. You know what's funny? And we, you never want to let them down until you let them down the first time. Yeah. Oh, dude. That was – Yeah. Like I had, my parents were the kind of people that if I did something bad, they wouldn't yell at me. Well, I mean, I got yelled at a lot. I got my spankings, but mm-hmm. like if I really let them down, it was just disappointment. 
what it, was, was it wasn't yelling. Do? It was disappointment. Or uh, your spanking. Like I have, I have mine. My biggest pet peeve in the whole entire world. I'm gonna tell everybody this. So if you ever want to piss me off, that's the way to do it. Is my mom when I used to like piss her off or whatever, and she would smack us and stuff. But the first thing she would do is she would take her hand, and she'd grab me on my mouth. Ah, uh, yeah, you told me like that. this and pinch your cheeks and pinch. Like, you could punch me, but if you pinch me, like you're gonna see the devil. <laughs> Mine's my ears, man. Yeah. You fucking yoke around with my ears. You know, I got big ears. They used to pull them? Snapchat. Did you see my Snapchat the other day? Uh, Snapchat made a filter based off me, man, with those ears. Um, there's probably some people out there right now that have kids that say, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. I mean, that's fair. But I, I, I was thinking this. Because kind of like relating back to and we had Jerry on here a few weeks ago, one of yeah. our buddies um, that has a kid. And he was explaining life uh, as he knows it with a kid. Ooh, I like and what I was, you did there. Yeah, thank you. Little life is a note plug. And uh, I was thinking that Footsies. that if I had a kid, just put my kind of really kind of put some thought into this. Is that if I had a kid, and we, how how would my perception of the world change? And I thought I was like I would do anything for that kid. If I yeah. if I was putting that everything else that matters to me, I would drop everything for yeah. the kid because my mom did that for me. Um, and I would protect that kid. I'd give my life for that kid. And I, this mm-hmm. kid's imaginary, granted, right now. Yeah. And it made me realize that I think I'll do things a lot of the same way that my mom, you know, did yeah. for me. No. Yeah, I, I definitely think I'll probably raise the kid in a similar way to my parents with my own little spin. Right, of course. But um, which is another reason why I don't want to have a kid yet because I feel like when I think about it, I'm like, it's such a huge, vast responsibility. It's a vast responsibility. You know, I think why it's such a vast responsibility and we feel like, I mean, it is, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But because we, I feel like one, have an expectation of how we want to raise our kids. Well, and we're still growing up. And we're still growing up and we're not fully developed. And I want to be able to give the kid everything he wants or she wants. And be there for him. And be there for him. But also have the knowledge of you know I, I, it's hard to say though because like i have some buddies that are the same age as me that are great fathers yeah which is crazy you know well i think that's one of those things it's like fight or flight you either fucking man the fuck up and raise your kid or you're just a piece of shit dad and something sometimes you learn that age at 16 to 17 years old and i couldn't could not imagine being a parent at 16 or 17 but anybody who has done it and succeeded like kudos to you now 100 percent I'm fortunate, man. Happy Father's Day. Happy fucking Father's Day. <laughs> tomorrow. Or, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow is tomorrow. Father's Day. Man. Make sure all you guys call your fathers and tell them you love them. Tell them you love them. Tough love. Whatever it may be. How was your relationship with your dad? Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> no, my relationship is good with my dad. Um, right now, it's a little iffy. You know, um... I'm gonna be open, not too open, but I'm I'll be, be I'll be open to it. I'll be a little side. open. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we're going. I'm going through a different stage in my life with mm-hmm. my parents. Um, my parents no longer have kids at the home, so they're going through their next stage in their life. Right. You know, they're waiting to become grandparents. You know, um, so they're figuring out a lot of things that they are going through, and I'm still figuring out what I'm going through. You know, because like as a kid, you look at your parents like. They have it all figured out. They have the answer to everything. Uh-huh. And then you quickly realize the older you get that your parents don't know fucking everything. And they're going through the same mistakes that you're going through. They're going through drama just like everybody else. They have problems, issues, relationship things that they're always trying to figure out. This shit doesn't stop. You know, and that was a realization I came to last year. I guess that just I really just realized that. Well, no, I didn't just realize that, but... I know exactly what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. Because and it, it makes growing me up, mad, yeah. my mom was Wonder Woman. Yeah. And but you have to, a, a very strong but, image. But, in but your to head. but to a certain degree, I still feel strongly that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I'm lost, that's the first person I go to. Mm-hmm. Like before any of my close like, and I think and I saw it in the TV show and I you know bless my mom's soul I don't want anything to happen to her, but they or I was in a movie actually, and this guy was stuck in this situation. He was talking to his sister and he's like. And their mom had passed away, and they were like, well, you know, I wish mom was here because I knew she would be able to um, – she would be able to give me advice in this situation. And I would yeah. be able to – and I think that's that's what I envy the most about my mom to this day is that I'm still 
this age and I can just be like, hey, mom, this is what's going on. And I can be honest and open about it and not have to hold anything back mm -hmm. and get some true feedback. And it ties into what you said that the realization that sh they don't know everything because I, I don't li I listen, but I don't buy into everything now yeah, you because because yeah. obviously coming from your parents, you're going to hear some biased stuff. Mm -hmm. And well, and you're a grown adult too. It's up, you know, you got to make your own decisions right. in life. Right, right, right. So we have our own vision. Um, so I, you know, I'm thankful for that opportunity to be able to do that. But I want to be able to pass that along to my kids. Yeah. But not even just like how she does it, but even better. Yeah. Well, have you came to a point where you've had to give your mom, like, help your mom, like where you've had to like advise your mom? You know, I think that was a, a big turning point in my relationship with my parents was realizing that they aren't that Wonder Woman and one and Superman that. And, um, when they're facing through their, like your parents are always there for you, right? No matter when, whenever you have a problem, but then when you turn the tables and when your parents are having really bad issues in their life, being the rock for them, that it's hard. Oh, it, it, it's it opens humbling. your eyes. It does. It's extreme. It was, it is extremely humbling when you realize that your parents aren't the, you know, they're human beings, just like everybody else. I hope this doesn't sound offensive if my parents are listening or anything, but it's just, they're going through life and to think that life doesn't yeah, ever, you know, this is just like, wait, all right. So little, little backstory. I don't know if you guys know this, but when me and uh, Jacob were stationed in uh, Washington, DC, we had a squad uh, of 13 guys and he was the squad leader and I was the first team leader. So we worked hand in hand together. Mm -hmm. um, we ran a lot of like physical training and stuff like that. Yep. And I guess this kind of ties into what you're saying that if we needed help, let's say we were running our squad or we running or we were feeling weak. Mm -hmm. The last thing we'd want to do is show it to anybody else yeah. that looked up to us that yeah. we were being weak. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially my mom, if that's how you have bothered, to be as a parent, she just, you got to have that thick, tough skin that, I mean, I've gone through some things in my life and I'm not going to get into specifics that I know for a fact has broken her heart. And she, she, had, she, to be the she, had, she had to be the, she had to be the strong one. And she, yeah. I almost feel like her love for me is so strong that that pain that I was I was feeling, she was feeling it twice as bad. Now, have you been through a situation where she's broke and you've had to be the rock? Uh, yeah, actually, she was dating somebody for a while, and I think she was in a bad relationship and she wanted to get out of it, and she needed. I remember she called me crying one time, and I, I was just like, I, I just kind of manned up. I was like, you need, to, and I was on the other side of the country. I was in California. She's yeah. in Jersey. I was like, those are calls are hard. You man. need to get out. You need to get out of the relationship. Like I, I feel like she, how, she how was, you, she was in a situation that she knew she shouldn't be in mm -hmm. and she was going to be in it until somebody spoke up and said, you need yeah. to get out of it. Now, how did you feel after the call? Humbled. I felt, I felt a little empty on the inside. Yeah. A, anytime I've ever, that's like one of my biggest kryptonites is hearing my mom cry. Yeah. What, when I uh, went through the same situation, it's, uh, it, it was a very humbling experience, like you said. Uh -huh. I think anybody who's been through this can say the same thing. When you, when you, I mean, we, I think we both come from a very happy uh, childhood. So I, I don't know what it would have been like, like if you just you were raised in a completely broken family, where like, you know, your parents didn't love you or some shit, you know. Right. But I say on average, you know, it's like most people take their parents for granted, and I think that was the time I went through that with my parents, it, uh, really, it gave me more appreciation. When do you get it? You want to know when you get the appreciation is when they're not there. Yeah. I feel like if I didn't do all the stuff that I've done since I was 18, you know, I've been out of high school for five or six years. And besides a year and a half of that, I have, or a year of that, I haven't been around my parents. And I feel like it's I've gained an appreciation. I definitely had a different outlook on my mom when I, yeah. before I went in the Marines and I got out of the Marines and I was living with her again. Mm -hmm. um, it changed, you know, my perception. But I also caught on to things that she wanted to baby me and do this and this and that way. Um, and I had to kind of draw a line. It was like, you got to let me do, you know. I understand that she's in the best interest. She yeah. wants to help me out. I had to do out. the same exact thing. And I, and I, I get that. But there also comes a point where if you try if you, if you try and comfort somebody too much, you're, it's actually like enabling them to be worse. Yeah. That, I had the same conversation with my mom 
right when I got moved to DC mm -hmm. and uh, it was like, she kept treating it like a, I was on a football team. Right. And she just wanted to go to every game and see right, what's going on. Right, so right, every right. day she would call me and I eventually had to be like, mom, I'm working. This is all I'm doing. Do you call my brothers every day? Like you need to give me some space cause I'm figuring out life right now and I'm super stressed out. So, and yeah. she wasn't happy about it, but that was the call I had to make at 18 years old. And just saying, like, I'm a grown-ass man. You just got to let me do my thing right now. Right. And you know what sucks is, like, they'll give you the space. Yeah. And then it's up to us on our end to make up the space that we bought. Dude, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're 100% right. Which, you know, this might sound bad, but I think a lot of people – I know you could probably relate to this and a lot of people in the military. It becomes – like, you almost go home more f for your parents wanting to see you than you wanting to go home. Right. You're going there for the subject, not the the physical place. Yeah. Well, like I go home because I know it's going to make my parents more happy than it's going to make me happy, for example. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to be happy to see my parents, but it's more I'm more going home because they want to see me. Right. You know, right. I can no, go a very long. I can go a long time without seeing my no, parents. I, I get that 100 percent. Like, let's hypothetically say my family wasn't in New Jersey mm -hmm. and I grew up in New Jersey. I wouldn't go back to New Jersey. I would go to where my family was. But let's say hypothetically I didn't have a family and I grew up in New Jersey. I probably would go there maybe let's say once every five years then once every year. And I would take that time to go to other places um, because I, I, I feel like my book, I'm writing my book. I'm on chapter five. Let's just fucking say. Yeah. And I don't want to go back to chapter one, two, and three. I've yeah. already been there. I know what it's about. You know, I'm not saying I won't ever go back, but it might not be until chapter 10 of my book. Hmm. And I've accepted that, that unless there is a dying urge for me to go back there, then I'm not going to. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said, though, about how it's put on us to fill the space that we've asked for. Right. How do you deal with that? Because I know myself, I am fucking guilty. And I, I, you know, I have my reasons that does do make sense. But then there's, you know, it, the part of me that's like I'm I'm their son that thinks I should close the gap and make um, the space smaller and be more connected with my parents. Like I I do not call my parents enough. Like maybe once every two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really bad at it. I will texting made things a lot easier. I talk to my mom I don't even text I don't text my parents very much either. But I mean I call I I do call them because I feel like I have an obligation to to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But I've also went times especially like when I was deployed and stuff where I didn't talk to them for weeks or a month or whatever, however long it was, uh, at a time when I talked to them. Um, but I also feel that, yeah, like I kind of do it. Like, I feel like I have an obligation to kind of tend to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, okay, let me ask you this, a scenario. I'm going to bring up a personal thing. Okay. So I have two brothers and then of course, am I, uh, my parents have been divorced for a while. Uh, since I was like 10 years old, uh, my dad's always been in the picture uh, to a certain degree. He just didn't live with us. We'd see him once a week or whatever the case may be. So now all me and my brothers are gone. Mm -hmm. So he's not seeing us once a week like he used to. And right before I left, I remember him saying, because I used to see him at the gym every morning. So that 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 filled my void. That was, hey, I'm going to see him. So I don't have to worry about going out of my way and calling him this yeah. and that or the other thing. Uh, but he said, well... I asked him something about one of my brothers and he's like, no, nah, he hasn't told me. He's like, they don't ever call me. The only time I ever talk to them is when I call them. Yeah. So my question for you is, do you think whose obligation is it as the parent or as the child? If you're on opposite ends of the country per se yeah, or anywhere, just not living together, who's more of an obligation to contact well i think it's age has something to do with it if they're a kid i think it's the parents but like i'm a grown-ass man so i can make up my own like i'm a i'm a grown-ass man and my dad is a grown-ass man and we both have our pride and integrity and our dignity that we hold so dearly to ourselves so um you know for me i think it goes it, it's 50 50 at how i look at it it goes both ways like yes he's my father but i'm also his son which has its own responsibility too my dad. I, is it uh, wrong though? If that's the case, let's say if there's only one side of the, or every 10 phone calls, uh, my dad's making eight or nine and you're making one, you know, it, it depends on the relationship, right? If your dad fucked you over on uh, something and you hate your dad, then I imagine, you know, you're not going to want to call him. Mm -hmm. If your dad is a great guy and you're just a shitty piece of 
shit kid, then yeah, it's probably your fault. You right. Know? If you just ignore your dad constantly, um, and he's like really trying to reach out to you. So, it, I mean, I guess it's really case by case. So, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Uh, so for myself, I know I don't reach out to my, my parents enough. Call your parents, kids. Call your parents, kids. Nah, it's, uh, it's sad to see. It's, it's, it's not though, because, well, it's sad to see a space. It's, it's sad to see a space because you know what was there once before, you know, and what could be and what could be. But at the same time, man, I fucking make sure I got to make sure I have enough time to wipe my ass during the day. Like, I, I feel like I'm so busy and it sucks because it became uh, not a top of my priority. Yeah. To but that, that, but, but at the same time, I have to be realistic. And if I was a parent, be like, I'm glad he's busy and he's doing what he's doing and he doesn't have to uh, rely on me yeah. day in and day out to be able to, you know, compensate and work and stuff and it's honestly it's better i'd rather go two weeks out talking to my dad or three weeks because then i have something to talk to him about when i talk to him yeah you talk to somebody every day yeah but you can talk to your mom every day right so like the relationship you have with your mom is not the relationship you have with your dad that's I mean, it's the true. same thing for me um so and it's that's what i'm saying it's sad that there could have uh, there could be a really good relationship there that's not right and uh, you know a relationship between father and son is a very it's a very, it can be a very strong relationship. And this just had a pop up. Oh, okay. There you go. What was I saying? Nah, uh, you were saying uh, the relationship between a father and son can be very powerful. Yeah. Very strong. It's a very big combo. Just like a mother and a daughter, right? So, but you know, somebody was talking about this earlier at work because one of my coworkers is getting ready to have a kid and he's getting ready to have a girl. And the lady he was talking to has a girl, and she said that she's just like the girl and the dad have such like a a bond mm-hmm. that it's different than a mother and a daughter. And I feel like that's kind of how it is on my end. Like I feel like I have a different kind of bond with my mom mm-hmm. than I do with my dad. Well, I know I do. I know I do. But I think <laughs> I, I I think that like you said, like a father and son should have a certain kind of relationship and a mother daughter. I get that. Yeah. But I also feel like cross threaded kind of in a way that if you look at it, I feel like a lot of relationships appear stronger with opposite sex, like a, like a father and a daughter or a mother and a son. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives you actually a stronger respect for that sex. Like if, if like me, like I feel like I have a stronger respect for women solely because how much respect I have for my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And same thing for a guy or let's say uh, a daughter that has this dad that works his ass off all the fucking time and this and that. And he slaves. Like, I feel like if you met that girl and you're dating her, she would have a lot more respect for hard work yeah. than somebody that's just like, see me, see me, see me, see me. You know, yeah. you can't I think, time well, for I think what else. you're saying is it's very popular in a, uh, a single parent it's a static. It's a wash machine. I think it's no, dude, that's the wash machine. Oh, it's the washer. Okay. It's the washer. It's not coming from this. Right. Um, I think what you're describing is a, uh, a single parent household because I, that's, I can't relate to that. Obviously. Uh-huh. So like my relationship with my mom is it's, I love my mom to death and she's an angel, but it's not like some crazy bond, you know? Right. We're just, it's just a, I'm her baby, but are you the youngest though? Yeah, I am the youngest. Well, I would think your, your brother would, all your brothers will say the same thing about your mom. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If they didn't, I would fucking cut their throat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, she's a powerful person, but I, but I think that has made me, I feel like I can kind of give off the same vibes that she gives off to people. And yeah. I feel like I can entertain because I've seen the, entertained be entertained before yeah you know, i've seen how my mom has interacted with strangers and do you and, think like you have all these things you've learned from your your mom do you think there's a lot of things you missed out on learning without your dad yeah well like obviously your mom did a great depends, job because it, de- because it depends on the relationship and i don't want anybody to think that i never see my dad or anything because i do it's just we weren't we didn't see each other very frequently growing up. We could say, yeah. Um, well, not as frequent as like not as frequent as coming as someone, home to it yeah. every day. 
Um, I feel like I missed out on a lot of things that I kind of made up in my head that a father and son should be doing this. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing this, then you're a bad dad or, you know, for instance, like learning to play catch with a baseball or throw, or you're shooting, going outside and, you know, like uh, playing basketball. Yeah. Um, Cause I was always a big favorite in sports, but that's one thing we did get in common with a lot was, um, was professional sports. Like, like my, I'm a big, huge fan of the NFL because of my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like, what kind of, didn't know sh- I didn't know. Sh- I don't like, I don't know shit about like, repairing a car or doing little maintenance in your house and like little stuff that I feel. And especially when I become a dad that I should be able to do, um, versus having to call somebody in to do it. Yeah. Like handyman kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And what effect do you think that had on you? Uh, I think it's, it's kind of given me a fuck it attitude. I think I have a pretty big fuck it, fuck it attitude to a certain degree because I've taught myself a lot of those things now. Trial and error. Yeah. Right. And like, I think that's like Rudy, I think has a strong advantage because I taught him a lot of stuff that I felt that my dad should have taught me. So Mm -hmm. I taught myself up and I trained Rudy on it. And I feel like that's why we're so close is because I think we had the same kind of feel for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved it. I, and I loved teaching Rudy stuff. And I think it's, had an effect on me in a in a positive way to a certain degree but i also think it's made me selfish in certain ways that at certain times i'd be like figure it the fuck out i did you know kind of it's kind of something like that yeah no i get i get that way a lot too where if someone faces a problem in their life it's just like why are you asking me for help right like you should know how to figure this out right i i I don't mind giving somebody help but i rather i rather somebody ask for my advice me give them advice then them take that advice and apply it to something than me physically taking care of whatever action yeah, has like, to be yeah, taken care yeah. of for sure um like i have a friend specifically in my mind that like he doesn't critically think about things like if i i like to if i put myself in a situation where i don't have anyone to help me you best believe i'm going to figure it out mm-hmm. like because what's the other what's the option i fail i'm like i'm not i can't fail Especially right. in like big situations, like I can't fail, so I have to figure it out. So like even so, when it comes to small things, if I run into a problem, I look at it like that, where I'm like, okay, if I'm all alone, I and I have to figure this out. What am I gonna do? And then you be surprised how creative your mind gets when you put uh-huh. yourself in a situation where it's like, when you're in a situation, you gotta figure some shit the fuck out. You figure it the fuck out. That also goes to the Marine Corps too, right? I mean, we, how many times were they just like figure it the fuck out? That's that's weird to think about, man. I was asking for an interview the other day of how I feel like uh, the like if I didn't go into military, then how I would be right now. And it's like I can't even answer that question because it's became part of me and every aspect of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my hindsight. Right. I, it's like crazy to think about if I didn't do that, then who would I be? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be how I am. Dude, Marine Corps, first off huge culture shock for me very big culture shock well, the beautiful thing is you get a i know the cultural shock you get to meet so Blew many people mind. from so many different places like a small town boy uh-huh dad's a pastor very religious family marine corps <laughs> dude it was into the city right that was, was my very, favorite thing about it man blew my mind man i was like holy shit my favorite thing about it was just that is that you could take pat from the jersey shore and you can take fucking ham from Las Vegas, Nevada, no, this Overton, or, Nevada. or Overton, excuse me, outside of Vegas, outside of Vegas. And then you could take one of my best friends, Shell from East Bumblefuck, Indiana. Yeah. Put a fucking, give him a rifle, put him in a set of camis, they have good put times. him through, put him through some fucking adversity. And all of a sudden you're the same exact person. Yeah. Yeah. With just different like spices. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, we're all chicken wings with different flavors. Right. Unless you're a vegetarian. Then you die. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Crazy, man. Yeah. Want to talk about something a little happy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that family's not happy, but. Yeah. No, no. It's not that it's happy. I just think that maybe this, you know, we had, I we spoke earlier about having a guest this week. And I was like, I think we should get back, you know, I think you agreed we should get back to the roots. Because this conversation that we're having and that 
that we have, it's not something that's easy to talk about. I'm not going to say I've, I've not felt uneasy answering some of these questions. Yeah, and I've, same. I already. And I've, and I've been very careful how I've worded some of my answers. Yeah. Um, same. And I, and I think because it's, it's no shit, definitely a difficult thing to sit in front of this microphone, even though it's just a, a, uh, some metal scrapped together, right? That knowing that other people are potentially listening to you, you know, changes your whole thought process and you don't want to offend and do different kinds of things. But you're at the same, at the same time, I want to be, I want to be genuine and authentic with what I'm talking about. And sometimes the genuine and authentic part of me can be offensive. Well, no, I'm definitely being genuine. I'm just trying to use, no, I know. I know I'm trying to use the right words. And I would really like if, you know, whoever listens to this to get some feedback um, about what you guys thought about like, you know, the, the depth, the depth of the conversation, because I think this is what we're really been trying to aim for with our show is to hit people in an emotional sense, you know, sometimes happy, sometimes sad, but hit them in a sense where they can relate to it. So real that you're kind of feeling what we're feeling. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear people's, um, uh, perspective on their parents relationship. Mm hmm. You know, because even if you think about like when your parents first had you and you're looking up on them like they're Wonder Woman, it's like they're 25, 27, they're just, 20. Exactly. They're, like they're us are, right they're now. Us right now. And having kids and figuring it out on the go. And uh, that that just concept of just thinking about that is, you know, mind blowing, which really pisses me off when I see fucking kids underappreciate their parents. But at the same time, I hate when fucking parents spoil the fuck out of their kids. Uh, it's 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 I guess. I've thought about this before. Like, let's say you're rich. Yeah. And money isn't an issue. Mm -hmm. How do you not spoil the, the person that you will literally give anything? You, well, you to? gotta, you gotta teach them work ethic. You gotta teach them how to appreciate things. So it's not about just giving them everything they want. You know, it's about showing them that if you put in hard work, you can get what you need. Right. That's, that's, I think the lesson that needs to be taught that hard work pays off and that you're not entitled to anything in this fucking world. You're really not. You're not entitled to a fucking thing. And everything that you ha have can be stripped away at any moment. That's what's crazy. Is that like when I was back home, especially this last time, like I felt like the shit. Like I'd go to the bars. Everybody would know me. I felt like the big dog. I felt like the big dog on campus. You yeah. know? I, I said hate I was those big, motherfuckers. I, I, felt, <laughs> I, I felt like I was a, the, a big fish in a little pond. Mm -hmm. And then you move, I came out here knowing like very, two who or three people. Who the fuck people. are you? It's like, who the fuck are you? Nobody gives a yeah. fuck who you are. And it's almost like everywhere I go now, I want to kind of create that stigma where, because it's humbling. It's like, oh fuck, maybe I'm not as big. Uh, my it's a real ego check. Yeah. And now that time's gone on, I've been out here for about three months. I'm starting to get that confidence built. Where I'm like, I can be a big dog here too. You yeah. know, it's it's up to me, but I can definitely do it. Yeah. Um, but keeping that humble and that humility humility is very important. Which is, you know, it's a hard way to go because. You know, getting power and getting um, attention is a uh, it's an it's a very addictive uh -huh. feeling. Yeah, to no, know that is. people like you and look up to you, it's very addictive, and that can and it easily inflates your head. I think I try ego. to be blind to it sometimes. Yeah, if somebody's. Especially, I don't like getting complimented. It makes I, you feel uncomfortable. It's weird. I was on a date the other day. Yeah, someone said some good. Her, like, and I was oh. like, when you give me a compliment, I don't I'm probably to gonna say one or two things. I'm either going to say thanks or I'm not going to say or anything I'm, at all. Yeah. And I'm going to just change the subject yeah. because I don't know. I don't know how to react. Because I, I feel like if you're like, if you act surprised, like, oh, somebody calls you cute or something like that. Like I, me, I feel like I'm pretty attractive where somebody calls me cute or whatever. Like I don't feel like they're, I feel like they're being genuine. And yeah. it's like, it's like when somebody says, thank you for your service. Like I should say, thanks. Yeah. Cause like, you don't want to sound like you're confident, like, like overconfident, like arrogant. Like, oh, no shit, I'm cute. Oh, no shit, thanks for my service. Like, oh, yeah, no problem. Or, yeah. you know, but then you don't want to sound like you lack confidence and you don't have a good image of yourself. I think so it's like fucked this up weird because, because what we just said was, it's like we're trying to answer the question to entertain the other side of the party. Like, we, we're basically changing our, our thought process or our mind because we don't want to make the other end feel uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so true. We're willing to make ourselves feel How many people out there right now that know us are like, shut the fuck up. You guys are cocky as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I can sometimes, get cocky. Sometimes with certain things, but I feel like the things that I am cocky about, I can hold my own to be cocky about. Yeah. 
that's why I usually keep it to like shit that I like know about. But I, I also feel like if I don't, I'm pretty good about if not knowing something, admitting that I don't know the yeah. answer or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Which is hard to do. And it's hard to do. It is hard. Yeah. What do you want to talk about, man? Well, I think we, I think so far we're doing really all right. We got about eight minutes. Eight minutes? We ain't going for an hour? We can. Okay. I got eight minutes in me. I got eight Everybody minutes in me. Everybody that's listening to it is like, oh, fuck, I wish it would just be done already. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, uh, all right, let's just let's <laughs> wow, kick it. Wow, dude, why are you putting yourself down like that? See? 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 All right, let's kick an overview real fast. <laughs> let's, kick, let's kick an overview. We got a few minutes here. It's yes, just episode 11. Episode 11. How do you feel about everything so far, man? <sighs> this is the uh, last 10 minutes, right? It's going to be about what it's like trying to start a podcast. Uh, yeah. I, I want to – I don't want to so much say, like, what it's like to start a podcast. I'd rather talk about more so – the troubles and the adversity that just in eleven weeks that we've felt in the eleven roller coaster, weeks in a roller coaster ride wow. of 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 motivation. I mean, if some people probably see it on our social media, it would be blown up one week, and next week it won't. And it's so simple. It's such a simple thing that takes such a minimal amount of time. Yeah, but it's almost like something that, like I'm not gonna lie, like over a few like a few times during the week, like Tuesday, usually Monday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like. I don't want anything to do with it. I want to just like forget it's even a thing, clear mm-hmm. my head from it and then continue because I feel like we want success in a way and we want it fast. And well, yeah, I and, think- and we have to uh, just embrace the process the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hard. You know, like everybody wants to be super successful as fast as possible and the gig through the quick thing. And um, funny story. Um, I think this kind of relates Uber driver picked me up from the airport. Um, we were talking about music and stuff. I told him I play guitar, and he says, "You know, I've always I've always wanted to play guitar. You know, I actually um, last year I hired a, a guitar teacher out of Scottsdale. You know, and um, he, you know the funny thing he did he 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 quit me. He said I, he he doesn't want to be my teacher anymore. And I was like, well, why? He's like, well, you know, he, I would go have my lesson with him, and he would give me my homework of things I had to learn to play. And then the next week when I met up with him, he'd be like, all right, show me what you learned. And, you know, I didn't practice at all. I didn't do anything. And then the teacher would say, well, you know, you just you you obviously just don't want to learn. And he would say, no, I do. I really do want to learn play guitar. It's like, well, obviously not. And then, you know, that's what I told him. I was like, well, you know, you did want to know how to play guitar. You wanted to be able to jam. You wanted to be a rock star. You want to do the things like Led Zeppelin does. But you didn't want to do the process. You know, you weren't in love with the process of becoming a great guitarist. And that's really what makes the difference of, you know, hitting your goal of what you really want to do. So it's like with us, our podcast, you know, what we want to do. Yeah. We want to get like Joe Rogan status. Right. And you know, it's like a lot of people would want that, want to do that. But how many people want to go through the trials and tribulations of getting there? Right. That's the thing. And you know, it's, it's a, it's a gut check every single week. For me, even which is such, I think people could probably think they're hearing this and we're being like petty about it. But like, I do take this podcast extremely seriously, and I it's a gut check when I and I get really upset with myself when I'm like, at the end of the day, if I haven't done anything to move progress this podcast forward, I feel guilty. I'm like, what am I doing? If I how am I supposed to reach my end goal with this if I'm not um, hitting the steps every single day to get there? And that's the guilt I face. And I think you could put that with everything in life. Like if, if you're at the end of the day and you're going to bed and you're like, did I take the necessary steps to become such and such? If I go to bed like that, you know, I'm not going to get anywhere. Obviously no one's perfect. So it's a learning basis and there's going to be failures and we've hit road bumps already just in 11 weeks. I doubt, I don't think anyone's ever, I probably, you can't see it from the outside, but I know just based on how me and you have talked to each other, we've, we've hit some speed bumps. No, exactly. No, 100%. That's like, no, like behind the scenes. No, we've definitely gotten, uh, let's say tough love, uh, with, with each other about this. Yeah. And I think we're very fortunate that we can be open with each other, rely on each other actually in that sense of sharing a goal. Mm-hmm. Because doing something by yourself is not an easy thing to do because that second that negativity kicks into your brain, 
it, it, it's a cancer. Well, it's very important to have, you know, even with your by yourself, I think the key to being by yourself is having that support system. So I like, I have you as my support system and then we have some other people, right? Barbara Dalton, man, mm-hmm. Jim's mom, cat, yep. great support system, you know, big Matt, big Matt. As he much as he hates he, us, as much as he gives us hate every week, he <laughs> supports like, us. He supports us. And I really do appreciate that, Matt, but fuck you. Just yeah. saying. No, Seriously, just no, we had to mention that. Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of people that show really good support, and that's why we keep going. Because it does, it, it does, uh, makes me feel extremely good. I, and I think that's why I don't want to fail at this, because that feeling I get when someone says, if, I, if someone texts me or calls me and says, hey, man, that episode was a good episode. It made me laugh my ass off. Like that feeling right there makes me it feel like so it was worth it. Yeah. I'm Even like, if it's just one person. Yeah. And that's really and I, why, that's what I'm really asking for guys is that we get your guys feedback because if we know, I've never had to say two words to you before in my life and you just came across the link on well, Facebook. Well, it's like, we don't want to ask them though. No, no, I don't yeah. want to ask you. I just, it's just that if you're doing something and you're putting a lot of effort into it, maybe you don't want the rec, the recognition, but once in a while to, to get a pat on the back and be like, Hey, like, you know, what you're doing is, is, you know, you're, you're creating, not a yeah, movement. I hope this doesn't sound like we're at, I, No, I, no, no. I, I, I'm not trying to create a petty part or a pity party or anything. Yeah. Like, like that. make us successful. No, no, yeah. no, no, not at all. What I'm trying to say though, is if I've ever said anything in a podcast or Jacob's ever said anything in a podcast that you really opened up your eyes to something much bigger, then it makes us feel like when we face adversity and we're like, uh, how much effort should we put in? It allows us to put more effort into it because we're not affecting more people. Yeah, that's true. But if you don't want to say anything, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to ask anybody. Oh shit. Someone's having a bad day. I don't want to ask anybody to do it. I just want, you know, if people are led to that moment makes me happy. Right. Um, but if you don't feel that way, don't, don't say anything. No, you know, 100%. Yeah. If you got in another thing too, is if you want to fucking, or if you're not happy with this, yeah, you can you, say that yeah, too. If you want to bash us, <laughs> say it, then do it. Matt bashes us every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, cool sure. though. No, I, I, but like what I'm saying, that feeling right there makes me know that this is something I'm passionate about. Right. Yeah. Cause I, without those things, like that's what I brings joy right now. <laughs> it, I, it does. It brings a lot of joy to me when I see things like that. So Jacob Irvine, you made my day last week when you called me Just saying. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to wrap it up with this. Yeah. To what you said, how it made your day. You know what? Something I think we should do. What's up? I think that maybe we could be doing that for other people. You know, next time somebody like I, I, maybe the gym is the simplest thing. You see somebody that's always putting hard work in. um, Maybe not the biggest, not the strongest. But they're working hard. Be like, hey, like, yo, I see what you're doing. Like, you keep it up. You're doing a good job. And it's like that one compliment could push them to work their ass off for the next three months. You don't know how yep. far. I think we should make that, that one. That one comment, how far it really could push somebody in a positive direction. Just that one person took recognition and took that extra two seconds to say, keep doing what Dude, you're doing. Dude, that would make my day. Uh-huh. That would be if someone came up to me at the gym and said that, that'd make my fucking day. Right. It would give me a huge piece of confidence. I'd love that. Um, I think I like what you're going with this. I think we should make this like a uh like a homework in a way, where if anybody's made it this far in the episode, that they should get on this train. And I think next week when we do our next episode, I want to talk about it. All right, how about we do going this? to a stranger and giving them a, like a, and legitimately giving them a, 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 a personalized compliment about that you actually feel that's really good or not necessarily a stranger, but someone that you know not me to you, but like right? No, no, no. let's try, let's try, um, let's try to do it three three times each this week. Three times you see because the opportunity to do will be there, and not even saying three times to make somebody three different times to make somebody's day better. Yeah. Um. And I think if you're listening, jump on the train. You don't have to do three, just one, and write it in the comment or send us a message right on in the inbox because I would love to hear what, um, what you did, and, make, and let the world know. Um, like this is life as we know it, right? And our goal, I think, with this podcast is to create a, pl- a platform to make, you know, people learn from other people's perspectives in life and um, 
progress in their own lives and make people's lives better, whether it's through laughing or whatever, anything that can make you critically think and progress as a human being. Hopefully that that's the platform I would like to turn this into. But with that being said, I think we have an opportunity. If anybody's, you know, people are listening that they can also do that with people in their life. So no, 100% let's do that. Yeah. So what would you have to do? Three, three, three people, three each. Okay. And if you're listening, you have to do at least one. <laughs> yeah. If you made it this far, thanks for that too. Yeah. You have to do at least one yeah, and, uh, either write us in a message and I'll, we'll, I'll read them off. Yeah. 100%. And, um, yeah, I like this idea. Yeah. No, me Is too. legitimately making the world a better place. Uh huh. We're going to try and do that. Uh, I think that's about it for this week's episode of, uh, the podcast life as we know it. Yeah. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Mm-hmm. My name is Patrick. If you guys didn't know that yet. And this is Jacob Ham. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode to like, subscribe. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on SoundCloud. Check it out. Um, honestly, I like listening to podcasts better when it's on iTunes. I don't like the visual of watching it on YouTube. Try that out if you haven't done it. Um, appreciate the support. Uh, if you see someone out there doing good things, make sure you let them know. And that is it for episode 11. All right, let me get the sound.